Welcome to the Intersection of Faith and Culture, a PCM podcast where we talk about how to maneuver through today's hot topics while maintaining a grasp on our testimony and relationship with God. I'm Ted Gokey, and that's Katie Smith here, and uh, we're going to be hanging out with you here and uh, talking about this culture-faith intersection and how does it work. And so uh, with our first episode here today, I want to share with you just briefly why. And to do that, we need to share who. Mm. My name's Ted, as I mentioned. I was a Southern Baptist since birth. Uh, My family grew up in a a Baptist church in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I was saved at the age of 16, even though I was brought up through church my whole life i was one of those people that were dunked twice because at age eight i made a profession or what i thought was a profession of faith but i really wasn't sure what i was doing i just wanted to be a member of the church like my friends were mm-hmm. and uh, so i was baptized and at the age of 16 is when uh, god really began to to deal with me and i gave my life to christ um, i was a youth pastor for 24 years been a christian radio personality and program director since 87 married for 30 years father of three grown children so that's kind of who i am katie what wow. about you Wow, what a beautiful, polished presentation. That's the elevator speech. (laughs) You got it down. (laughs) Mine isn't quite that succinct, but I'll try to make it that way. Um, So, was born into a Catholic family. Wow. Um, Yeah, my parents divorced when I was like 18 months old. Okay. Love to share about why. Uh, I think it goes to some of the topics we're going to get to, actually, so we'll come back to that. Um, Got saved in a children's ministry puppet show event when I was six. It was an Assemblies of God event. Um, My stepdad was there for that. That was huge. He was from Tennessee. I was from in San Diego, from San Diego. Um, Southern California girl. Yeah, but some connections to the South already from a young age. Yeah. Um, you know, I was one of those kids that really struggled with their faith. Um, you know, one foot in the world and one foot in Bible Sunday school class. So sure. did that until I was about 11. And then um, the Lord just really got a hold of my heart. Um, I went to New Mexico for the summer with my grandparents. We stayed next to the Rio Grande River. Have you ever been there? I have not. It's amazing. Not. Oh, my goodness. My I've been to Phoenix place. and some places out west, but mm. never been to – I've been to Albuquerque. Albuquerque's nice. Yeah. But I haven't been to the Rio Grande River or anything like that. Okay, okay. So they they had left San Diego, bought a house right on the Rio Grande River. And um, I was a pretty good kid, so they just let me kind of do whatever I wanted. Yeah. Um, I didn't get into trouble, but I was secretly suicidal. Really? Yeah. What yeah. led to that? Um, I wasn't connected to my dad okay. or my brother's. And that was a big deal for me, and my mom worked full-time. Oh, yeah. So there was just this enormous void in my 11th year of life, and it was such a struggle between am I going to embrace God or am I going to try to please myself? You know, I had a boyfriend, and it was like, what's going to happen there? And I was really tempted that way. And so there's just a lot happening at a very young age. Um, went to New Mexico spent the summer at my grandparents, started reading the Bible for myself. First time I remember really embracing. I had this little pink Precious Moments Bible. Um, You might remember Precious Moments. I do. We have some of the statues at home still. (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's great. So, yeah, so some connecting points there. But um, that right after I got back from that wonderful summer, I'm walking to school alone. My brothers came back. They had both been in like boys' homes. One um, has a a struggle with bipolar and another had other things going on. I mean, crazy family stuff, right? Yeah. But God, but God had a grip on my heart. And um, I got baptized. And then I was walking to school one day that first semester of sixth grade. And I I was followed. I was kidnapped. 
I was assaulted. Oh my gosh. And I was like, what? What's going on? I mean, like, I thought if that was ever going to happen to me, I had a plan for how I was going to get out of it. And in this situation, I couldn't get out of it. Like, he's like, if you scream, you're going to die. Wow. And I was like, what? And, you know, there was this, this one moment when I was with this uh, criminal when I knew God was with me, Ted. And I don't have a lot of those moments where I'm just like, God is so real mm-hmm. and I can feel him and I know he's there. That was one of those moments. I remember looking up at the sky and I don't know if you've ever done this. I made a deal with God. I was like, if I get <laughs> through this, you made a couple deals. Bad idea. Don't advise it. Um, but my deal was, God, if you get me out of the state, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Now, we all know nobody can actually right. honor that, but God did let me live through that experience. The detective who handled my case, I reported it. Everybody knew it was awkward, um, but it was also really good. I think it protected other people. So sure. the detective who handled my case, he was a Christian. I remember seeing song lyrics, Michael W. Smith, Friends uh, of Friends Forever. Yeah, They were in a picture frame on the detective's desk, and I was like, you're a Christian? I'm a Christian. This is amazing. <laughs> That's the Christian theme song. Right. Almost. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Um, so this was 1990. And um, and it turns out that the detective, you know, his wife worked at this huge Baptist church in San Diego. And they're like, we've got this awesome youth group. you got to come. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Um, got really involved. Struggled, you know, back and forth for like a year. And on it, I'm going to be totally honest with you because in this day and age, that's what we need more than anything. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I feel like I'm damaged goods. I feel like um, I just want to like put on a chastity belt and like never have sexual relations with anyone. I feel like, um, am I going to become a lesbian? Is that my future? Is that what's sure. going to happen for me? Sure. Um, and so I, so I was wrestling with all that until um, I was about 14 and in the youth group wrestling with that. And um, honestly, I don't, it wasn't like a moment. It was just like this progressive, am I going to, am I going to try to do things my way or am I going to really press in to what Jesus says about me? That when he redeems me, I am robed in the righteousness of Christ. Sure. That I am not an orphan. I am God's daughter. And so pretty much from the time I was 14 on, I was like, this is my home. This is my safety. It's with God. Yeah. Too so. cool. And then you got married. Yeah, how how long did. have you been married? Oh, it's going to be 20 years in April. 20, that's all right. We got so 30 years coming up in July. So oh, that's great. For sure. And that's kids? amazing. Yeah, two boys. They're, um, how old are they? They're 16 and 17. We just had a birthday. Okay. So, so they're driving and everything now? No, no. They don't want to drive. We're really? from San Diego. They want to Uber. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. They have no interest in driving themselves anywhere. <laughs> but you're back here in Tennessee now, right? I know. Uh, give them three months. They'll want a truck and they'll be out there doing Maybe, whatever. Yeah, so for Sure. For sure. Well, the whole purpose of this podcast, now that you know Katie and I a little bit, there's a couple of things. First of all, to encourage you to embrace your faith in the mm-hmm. midst of this rapidly changing culture that we're in. Mm-hmm. Also, to remove the guilt that you may face when you're forced to live a faith-filled life in an ever-changing culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. And then also... Katie just just did to be a fresh <laughs> breath of transparency mm-hmm. in a cloudy culture that we're in here. Um, you know, living a Christian life in a secular society can be really difficult at times. Mm-hmm. And I want to focus on Matthew 5, uh, where Jesus said he calls us to be salt and light. Mm. He calls us to stand out. And yet God also encourages us to be in the world, but not of the world. 
Mm-hmm. How would you define that? What's the difference in being in the world but not mm-hmm. of the world? Mm. I, I love that. I think that's such a tagline, right? We're like, what, well, what does that actually mean? Looks good on a T-shirt, right? <laughs> it does look good on a T-shirt. Uh, there's so many other scriptures that are flooding my brain all at the same time. But um, So I wanted to be prepared for this, Ted, because it's such an honor to be with you. Oh, goodness I'm, gracious. I'm, I'm really... You need to get out I'm, more. I'm, <laughs> I'm geeking out for sure <laughs> to be with you and to do this is just... Such a highlight of 2020. Okay, so um, faith, right? So let's. I need. I need definitions. I'm. I'm a uh, homeschooling mom as well as other things. So I love definitions of words. So faith is um, trust to the guarantee, proof, sincerity, loyalty, belief. Um, it's amazing. Faith is a lot of things. And then culture. The only way. This is what was coming to me as I was praying about this. How do we be in the world, not of the world? How do we be in the culture, but not of the culture? Mm-hmm. The only way we will be happy, content, and confident with living a life of faith is if our understanding of God, His power, and His goodness, and His grace are ever increasing. So our culture's always going to be knocking on our door saying, we've got the way. Sure. And it's going to be easier. It's going to be initially more pleasant and it's going to require less of us so um those are some red flags right there it's like things that are happening in our culture it's all it's all really to just like get our focus and to bias and um i love thinking of it in terms of like what are we fighting in this life as as christians as believers in jesus the the world the flesh and the devil are always knocking on our door presenting opportunities for us to to um, walk away from Christ. Yeah. And so knowing what Christ stands for, that he is our redemption, he is our glory, he's our goodness, and what that means. I'm excited to flesh it out more with you. <laughs> yeah, you know, when, when you think about Jesus and the temptations that he faced, because mm-hmm. he was definitely in the world, mm-hmm. he came from heaven, God right. placed him here, but he definitely wasn't of the world, right. but he could have become oh, yeah. of the world. Yeah. You know, the devil tempted him so many times just to say, hey, follow me, Give you don't have to go through all that pain and suffering and, and rejection right? that you're going to face on the cross. You right. can have have all of this That's right. without all that. And, uh, you know, in fact, Jesus, when he was praying in the garden, he prayed, he said, mm-hmm. uh, um, he said, Father, I pray for them. Uh, let's see. Let me, it's John 17, 14 through 19. Mm-hmm. Jesus did want us to be of the world. He said, I have given them your word and the world has hated them mm-hmm. for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world, Jesus said. And then he said, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, mm-hmm. but that you protect them from it. Mm-hmm. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the Sanctify them by the truth. Mm-hmm. Your word is truth. Mm-hmm. As you sent me into this world, I have sent them into this world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Mm-hmm. So God knew and Jesus knew that we were going to be here mm-hmm. on this day in history, mm-hmm. 2020, faced with all of these things that culture is throwing at us, mm-hmm. and yet how do we do that? How do we mm-hmm. be sent into the world but oh. yet stand our ground? Yeah, Ted, you you did it. I mean, I love how you're peppering everything with Scripture. I mean, that's it. We can't be people of faith. We can't be um, in this world and not of it if we're not having our minds renewed with the Word of God. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it sounds so like redundant, right? But it's so true, and we forget, don't we? Like, yeah. we'll just wait till Sunday, right? And then I mean, there's so many it. there's so many groups of people that say, "Well, as a Christian, you don't need to be a part of the culture whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You need to totally walk away from all of that, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, don't have fellowship with those people or those mm-hmm. those sinners and that kind. Of, and that's not what Jesus had in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, Second uh, Corinthians five twenty: You are ambassadors mm-hmm. for Christ. 
where does an ambassador go? Mm-hmm. An ambassador goes to a different country, mm-hmm. and that's what God. We're our mm-hmm. our ownership, our our home is heaven. Ooh, yeah. But yet God is saying, "No, I want you in mm-hmm. the world." Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. So that you can relate uh, what God wants. But mm-hmm. then again, in Romans twelve, it says. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do we do that? Right? Oh, so one of the things I love, I was I was in this little tiny church in East Tennessee, and there was this biker dude who stood up, and he was a deacon there, but he looked like he just you know came out of a biker gang. And he had a ministry to bikers, and he said, uh, how I decide if somebody's ready to come and minister with us to other bikers mm-hmm. is, are they able to influence who they're speaking to more than that person can influence them? And so I, I, th- point. I think there's this, there's this um, process, right, where maybe we're not ready to co-minister the biker gang because – Dude, we are like one one step away from the fridge with the cooler with the six yeah. pack that we know we probably shouldn't right now. And so we don't want to, you know, give yeah. in to that. But like, what does it mean? So then what do you do? You know, do you just like get into the holy huddle? And um, I, this is a real tension in the homeschool community. I, I was talking to a mom just recently and she was like, I feel this tension of like wanting to be involved with the world and wanting to minister and wanting to share the gospel. But how do I do that with my kids? And I was like, oh my gosh, I wish we had more time because I yeah. really want to flesh this out. My my bottom line takeaway is if the people that you're surrounding yourself are influencing you more than you're influencing them for Jesus – then it's probably okay to step away from that and to nurture your own heart, to grow those places of your heart that aren't ready for that temptation yet. And that you're not always going to be in that place. And it changes. Like maybe in one season, you're good to use the internet and another season you're not because the temptation is too great to do things that God wouldn't have you do. So it's okay to be like, am I more influenced by the world than the world's influencing me? Like. I mean, sure. I said that, you know, what? I made, I made a mistake in how I said I that, but exactly you know what I'm what saying. Yeah. In <laughs> yeah. fact, you know, when, when Jesus said you're to be salt and light, mm-hmm. he talks about that. If the salt loses its saltiness, what do you, it's thrown out, it's trampled, it's not good for anything. Uh-huh. And if, you have a, if you're like a light, you don't put it under a bowl or hide it somewhere. Mm-hmm. You put it on top of the hill, a city on oh, a hill man. cannot be hidden. Come on. Um, ha- and so, go I'm ahead. so sorry. Have you studied salt? I'm not not in detail. No. Oh my goodness. In ACL, I think is that is that what I remember that from chemistry. It is like I don't remember anything, but <laughs> someone I know is struggling with a health issue, and they have gone deep on this issue of salt. And it's like it's actually necessary for health. Like you have to have salt. Sure. If you go three days without salt, you will be in the ER needing a uh, right. what do you potassium call it? An IV, IV thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because salt is so important. Like I didn't consider that at all until last week so in the scriptures too there's like all this stuff about salt and i'm like hmm i mean what's the what's the beef yeah but um but what you said is is so good like salt has its core to us physically and then this is an analogy of course so what good is it if you lose your saltiness how would you define saltiness in life of a believer Saltiness, life of believer. I believe that when when your flavor and you're in a group of people, mm-hmm. they notice something different about you. Mm-hmm. Even if you may not, have, you've never even opened your mouth mm-hmm. to share that. Hey, I'm a believer of Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. You know, but they know by the way you act, mm-hmm. you're different. You have a peace. You have a joy about you. Mm-hmm. That's the saltiness mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. It's coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's exactly what we're going to be barreling through in the various intersections, <laughs> kind of what we've talked about here of faith and culture. Um, our first episode coming up next will be uh, um, about the Super Bowl halftime show and uh, what your thoughts were on that, what my <laughs> thoughts were on that. We'll get Katie's thoughts on that. Um, you know, what about uh, um, taking your going out with friends to a bar? Is that something that you should do as a Christian um, or uh, um the, the whole drinking scenario here. Is it okay to have a drink of wine or, or beer or something like that with somebody? We'll talk about pornography. We'll talk about pride. We're going to talk about so- social media. You mentioned that. Um, there's so many things we're going to talk about here in the intersection of faith and culture. Thanks for listening to The Intersection of Faith and Culture, a PCM podcast.